It's good to be with you today. I'm Robin Serez, Regional Mobilizer for Multiply. Our tagline in Multiply is together that the world may know Jesus. And we're joining together with you in whatever context you're finding yourself today to know Jesus more, to share good news with each other, and to hear stories from around the world of ways in which God is challenging our global family. I am Philip Serez. Robin and I serve this region together and we're so excited to see the church healthy in mission and connected with our global family. I hope that this morning, the time that we spend together with you with friends from around the world is one that encourages you as you hear the stories of triumphs, of challenges, and of the presence of God in all sorts of contexts. So may God bless you this morning as we spend this time together with you. We're going to have a great time over this next half hour. We're going to hear from people from around the world. We're going to reflect on scripture together and talk about our own discipleship in following Jesus. So without further ado, let's bring on our friends, starting with Alex and Carla from Dortmund, Germany. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Thank you. They're good. Danke. They're good. Good answer. Um, why don't you give us a brief introduction for those that may not know you? Yeah, so we've been in Germany now for um, yeah, just a little over a year, year and four months. We have four children. And so we're still in our first term kind of settling in, but we work with a fantastic team and we're working to start a church called Present Kierke. And uh, our vision is really simple. We love Jesus, we love people, and so we want to share Jesus with people. We're so glad you're on this call. We have another guest from closer to home, and that's Kyla Sinclair Peters. So uh, if you're living in Toronto, why are you in Toronto? Yeah, I'm in Toronto because there's actually so many unreached people groups in Canada. And um, the opportunity to reach them here is incredible. And so I'm living in a neighborhood of Toronto that has the largest population of Tibetans outside of Asia. And the opportunity to reach them for Jesus is phenomenal right now. I'd like to introduce another friend from a bit farther away. His name is Samer Rod. So Samer is coming to us right from northern Iraq. Hi, Samer. Hi, Philip. How are you? It's so amazing to have you on this call. Thank uh, you very much. As you know, we met on the Building Leaders for Peace Peace Camps. You did a phenomenal job hosting us in Kurdistan, northern Iraq as we served among the Yazidis and the Kurds and the Iraqis a few years ago. And we're looking forward to a lot more, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing. My goal is in my life is um, more to awaken Assyrians and Chaldeans uh, when everybody is leaving the country and also working to other, um, other groups like Yazidis and uh, Muslims uh, to reach out them with with the uh, love of Christ and um, so and telling the message that Christ is not for only for Christian but it's for everybody mm. so yeah that's why I'm here wow that's amazing I know your heart it always encourages me hey let's bring everybody up um, and look at our team here this is the team that's going to be discussing uh, this passage the passage today is from Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. Um, Carla, would you like to read it for us? Love to. Mark 4, 
verse 35 to 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. Now, that story brings up different memories from all of us, right from Sunday school, right? I, I see a flannel graph with like clouds and waves being added as you tell that story. But as you reflected on it this week, um, just sort of what are some of the details that stood out to you? What are some of the observations that kind of stuck with you this week? When I was looking at this passage this week, I was really struck by how it just didn't seem like the disciples actually expected Jesus to really do anything. Like they were so freaked out afterwards that I think like obviously they wanted him to know what was going on and they wanted him to um, like be with them in their suffering. But I don't know if they actually expected him to be able to help them. Like, yeah. I don't know. So that's just really kind of surprised me in this reading. Yeah, maybe they were just giving him a bucket and like, Jesus, get to work. <laughs> so how did Jesus use this? as a teachable moment. Yes, I think me reading the, like the chapter before, uh, Jesus was talking about the mustard seed and how he had deeply, um, like explaining more in detail for his disciples, more than like the crowded, but so the crowds. Um, so Jesus had spent more time to explain to his disciples. And I think I felt, I feel that he wanted to give time for his disciples to, to take a step, to trust in him. Um, to um, yeah, put all their trust in him because he's he's in the middle of the uh, storm with them. Um, so I think he can, he all his authority can calm the uh, the storm, but he also wants to see our reaction. He wants to see his disciples' reaction. You know, I think um, sometimes when I've heard this passage in the past, it's almost like the lesson I took away from it was that I just shouldn't be afraid. Like, Jesus is in control, just don't be afraid. And maybe there is some truth to that, but sometimes, like, fear is just a, a natural physiological response, right? Like, sometimes the situation we're in is actually very scary, and we need to know that, like, someone's got us, that, that there is help on the way. And I don't think that actually, like... Jesus was necessarily upset that they were afraid in the moment. I think he's actually more concerned that they didn't know who he was and they didn't have the faith to like to seek him out in that way. Yeah, just to add to that as well, in terms of Jesus' identity, I think in the whole, what we've seen in the Gospel of Mark leading up to this story, 
is Jesus revealing himself in different ways. Like he uses the same word for rebuke with casting out a demon. Uh, he's healing people. He's, um, you know, he's, he's a teacher as well. And I think this is a new revelation of who he is um, as the sovereign one, as the chosen one, as the Messiah of God and his, and his authority. And he's not only, you know, the Lord over uh, the demons and, and the, the spirits of darkness, but he's also Lord over creation. And uh, the, the waters and the sea bring us, um, kind of speak to ideas of um, like the chaos, the spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis and God bringing order into that. And I think that's behind it. Mm. And uh, really it's, it's Jesus can do only what God can do because he is Yahweh. He's Yahweh in the flesh. Yeah, it really seemed to reveal that um, they didn't quite know who Jesus was, didn't it? And they, they even said it, they confessed it. Who is this man who can calm the storm? Like, they, they're confessing that they don't know the beautiful power and presence of God that they have so close to them. Yeah, I mean... I, you could look at it as a test or you could just look at it as like, you know, we know things theoretically about Jesus and we read things in scripture and we're learning and we're growing and then life happens and you actually have to put it into practice. And so I wonder if this is like just a situation where, I mean, Jesus knew it was going to happen, right? But like he'd been teaching and walking with them for a certain amount of time and then a normal life event happens like storms on the lake happen just naturally right and yet Jesus is using it as an opportunity to like Samir said to actually see like has the truth of what he's been teaching like gone deep in, enough into their heart that there's actually faith there that they'll respond to who he is in that moment yeah what really struck me is um, there's a relief when Jesus calms the storm, right? So, you know, I bring this story to mind often when there's a trouble or chaos, the waves are big and like, it's okay, Jesus is in the boat and he's calm. But what happens when the waves don't stop and the boat sinks, you know? And um, an experience in my own life was when I lost my dad when I was 24. And that is a boat sinking. That is a traumatic experience. And I will never forget the calm that was in my heart and the peace that even though it was a storm, it was raging and it was devastating, there was an underlying calm there. And, and that's a peace that only Jesus can give because often we live in that fear of what if it sinks? What do you do when it does? So there's an excitement that he can calm that storm, but there's also a, a security, a peace that even if he doesn't calm that storm the way we'd like, he's still in it. He's still there and he's still sovereign. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Carla. But you're sharing from a perspective of suffering where you recognize Jesus' presence made all the difference in, in one of the darkest times in your life. Mm -hmm. Sam, you live um, in a little bit of a difficult part of the world. Um, tell us a little bit about what the difference Jesus has made to you and your family when you faced various storms. Yes. Um, so I would just want to add to that. It's like um, Jesus always will be there even if the boat sank multiple times. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so all my morale, what I remember from my life, it's all crisis, um, like financial situation, you know, like Iraq cannot trade uh, oil, and then 2003, then civil war, then Al-Qaeda, then ISIS, and just looking back at, uh, through all of that in my life, um, I don't think that there is a power or an authority than God and Jesus to take us through that safely. Um, because it's like you cannot imagine how much suffering, how much uh, you lose. Like we lost everything. Like in Baghdad and Mosul, we lost houses, uh, we lost jobs, and it start from zero, and uh, like three or four times. But I think, um, and I believe that without Jesus and our faith in Him, I would be gone or we will be died. You know, like of that suffering. Uh, so for me. Um, even that's like the boat sank many times he will be there and that will be your test and that will be your witness that um, the outcome of of the crisis is what what is makes you go closer to him and not thinking about any positions in this life and and thinks about this life is a journey um for christ and not a journey for yourself and your glory it's a journey for his glory and his um, you being a witness of him. Mm. Thank you, Samer. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around some of the things you just shared and the difference that Jesus makes um, when suffering goes to the next level. Or like Carla, like you said, if the boat sinks, or Samer, if the boat sinks multiple times, uh, how do we get through that? I think we falsely believe sometimes that Jesus will just remove the storm or keep the boat afloat. But maybe he's going after something deeper, the nature of our faith or the nature of our, our, our dependency on him. Alex, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I would like to connect that with the, the sense of calling that we see in the story as well. Um, Jesus calls the 12 to himself to be with him, and then he's going to send them. He's actually preparing them for mission as well, to, to preach the gospel and to, to follow Jesus into that mission. And um, as I reflect on that, even in our own life, like, you know, coming here to Germany and leaving kind of our family and friends behind and then coming here with four children can lead to kind of situations of chaos, <laughs> where you feel like the boat's being rocked and so forth. And, and we have to trust Jesus. If he's called us here, if he's called us to do what we're doing and to, to do the work that we're doing, we have, to, we have to trust in his sovereign presence and power to sustain us through those storms. Because it's all in the context of mission, and it's all in the context of taking up our cross, right, as Jesus did, and uh, so that we can see the kingdom of God come to this world, right, for that bigger vision of what God was doing through Jesus. And so there's a great risk at stake with that, but I think the outcome is so much worth it. You know, like as Jesus or as uh, the author in Hebrews said, like Jesus suffered the cross because of what he saw beyond it. Right. You know, we have a couple other guests to add to this call and we're bringing them in by video and some with, with translation. And so let's, um, let's hear from Joseph. So Joseph is one of our pastors in Myanmar. He works in this country, right beside Thailand, the Burmese people. 
Um, he also works with Burmese people in Thailand, and uh, there are people that are suffering. Within the church here, we often are teaching on and talking about suffering. As Myanmar migrant workers, there's a lot of hardships we face when we come to Thailand. The separation from family and all that is familiar in Myanmar is difficult. There are also many difficulties surrounding documents, passports, and visas, which we are living through right now. But Jesus has promised that he is always with us. And he promises to protect and help those who look to him. As we follow Jesus and trust his promises, we grow in discipleship and know that with him, we can walk through and deal with any situation. We know we are loved by God, and it is out of the Father's heart of love that we serve, share the gospel, and continue to follow him. God allows everyone to walk through struggles and hardships. He uses those times to prepare us as disciples to guide us in how to pray for the world. So even when troubles pull at us, they can't separate us from Christ. This is the most important thing when walking through hardships, always serving and operating out of the love of Christ. Because we carry the presence of God with us wherever we go into every new place. The presence of God in our hearts is something that can never be shut down. God is always with us. So even in the hardest of circumstances, in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, God is on the move and is leading and watching over us. You know, I am... I have the like immense privilege of having um, grown up with um, like in Thailand and among some of the Myanmar people there. And I feel like I just learned so much from them about what it looks like to live with faith in the midst of suffering and really challenging circumstances. And I, I just think they have so much to offer us as believers in the West in particular about um, like holding on to Jesus as the center of everything and and um, and being able to just withstand intense persecution and suffering and to recognize that Jesus is with you in the midst of that like I think that that's just like the core of what it means to really follow Jesus and they do it so well. And I'm just grateful to be able to learn from them again. Yeah, that must have brought back a flood of memories. I really encourage when he said like the trouble will not separate us from Christ. And it's really, um, it's really true. And as soon as, as much as you go through hardship, you go through crisis, I think you will feel how much you are putting your trust or in Jesus or or if not. Um, So like I really got encouraged by him and saying that um, and even like his willingness to pray for others and when everything is lost. Um, So yeah, I I really like these two things. Hmm. What struck me is like the crisis can't take away the love of Christ. The government can't take away the love of Christ. COVID-19 can't take away the love of Christ. Um, and that, that moves me because I think I might not have that level of faith where a difficulty might have an adverse relationship on my faith level or my confidence in God level. But um, it seems to be what strengthened him Maybe that's what Jesus was getting at with his disciples, that this is going to strengthen them. 
Hey, let's look at uh, Brother Hakan here, uh, speaking to us from Turkey about what it means to be a Turkish believer, someone who's left Islam and embraced Jesus. O yüzden Türkiye'de eğer birisi Türk birisi Hristiyan olursa o düşman olmuş oluyor, Türk olmamış oluyor artık. So in Turkey, as a Muslim background person, if you become a Christian, it makes you an enemy automatically in the eye of it hurts all of your relationship even in your own family workplace and in community o yüzden Türkiye'de Hristiyan olmak zor so that's why being a Christian in Turkey is really difficult İsa burada kabul edildiğinde çok değerli oluyor bizim için çok kıymetli oluyor in our culture among our people when someone believes and receives Jesus and then Jesus becomes the center of their life Jesus becomes very important to them yani yaşamdan daha önemli oluyor, işten daha önemli oluyor, kendinden daha önemli oluyor. Jesus becomes more important for them uh, over their life, over their uh, work and money and everything. Ve insanlar İsa'yı tanımaya başlayınca Tanrı'nın sevgisini ve saygısını çok yüce olduğunu görüp buna çok saygı duyuyorlar ve bağlanıyorlar. When a Turk, when a Muslim believes in Jesus, he, she sees that there is a great love of God which they have never heard before so they just uh, hold Jesus. Ve onlar hiçbir zaman Tanrı'nın baba olduğunu öğrenmemişlerdi. Bunu öğrendiklerinde çok etkileniyorlar. And when they know that our God is a father to all of us, it impresses affects their life deeply. Bu sakin zamanda evlerde kapalı kaldığımız bu zamanlarda Rabbin önünde kutsal ruhla dolmak ve kutsal duyarak hazırlanmamız lazım yeni zaman. So I believe that well, in this time, just like home prisoners, all of us is like that. So we should focus on the Holy Spirit and prepare our hearts to hear His voice more than before. When it's time for sickness, disease and difficulties, humbles themselves and come closer to me. Bana, bana, bana dönüp dua ederlerse and pray, I will save them. Bu çok önemli. This is very important. Geçen gün çok ünlü bir adamı dinliyordum televizyonda. Mm-hmm. Şöyle dedi, artık para, güç, zenginlik hiç önemi yok. Teknoloji önemi kalmadı. So, technology, money or wealth is not that meaningful to any of us at all. Hazır olmalıyız. Yeni bir şey geliyor. So, we all should be ready for that there's a new season new harvest season and the time with full with the holy spirit season is coming in this time we should prepare our hearts and minds to the holy spirit the work of the holy spirit that's brother hakan in turkey as well as his wife ashai translating what did, when he describes the faith of turkish believers how does that challenge you I was picturing Hakan, like what, what if he was in the boat with Jesus during the storm with the disciples and uh, I don't sense him in a panic, you know, like the disciples were, like there's definitely a confidence there, they're, they're in a storm facing a lot of hostility, you know, and opposition, but I see him waking up Jesus, you know, hey, you know, like there's a truster, he's, he's the first one there to wake him up and say we need you. But it's not in a sense of panic, but an expectation of like, this is, this is Jesus. This is the one we're, you know, who, who loves us. This is the one who cares for us. This is the one who has the power, right? And so I, I just saw faith kind of coming through there, a confidence to, uh, to kind of persevere in that mission.
despite that, because they, they've seen how people respond to the gospel. They, they've seen how people respond to, to the love of God, something different than what they experience in their daily life. So that was what encouraged me. Kyla? Yeah, I was really struck by um, when he talked about how when people choose to follow Jesus in their context, it affects everything in their life. And just like the level of surrender that that shows, but it comes from a love for Jesus, not just because they think that's what they should do or because that's what like, I don't know, Christian culture has told them they should do, but they love Jesus so much that, that like everything is worth surrendering then. And I think that that, that feels very challenging for me because there's lots of things that I choose to hold on to. I wonder if that's what Jesus was getting at with his disciples. I wonder if that's what he was poking. <laughs> and maybe um, Jesus uses challenging times in each of our lives to poke at the same thing. Like is our understanding of who he is um, enough to sustain us? Is our experience of his power enough to lead us through civil war in Sommer's case or loss of a father in Carla's case? Like, I think Jesus is uh, always refining our relationship with him and our faith in his sovereignty. Um, and he uses any circumstance to do that, uh, in particularly difficult ones. Yeah, I think it's important to note, like, yeah, there's different levels of suffering, you know, and, uh, but I think Jesus respects each of us where we're at and the kind of suffering that we're experiencing and willing us to take us that step further so that our, you know, wherever we're at, our faith will increase, right? So, but I think you're right. I, I think he does use those experiences to, to increase our faith in him and every opportunity is a chance for us to get to know him better. And to, to fall in love with him again and to recognize the sovereignty, the sovereign one that he actually is. These guys around the world, they're familiar with suffering. And I think sometimes in my world, I fail the test, like with the smallest bit of suffering. And, and yet it was not an opportunity for God to remove the suffering, but it was an opportunity for for God to strengthen my relationship with him and his, um, and to know his power and his presence. Do you guys relate to that? Uh, let's close with just our own heart response to this passage. And so let's pray together. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you for the testimony of Hakan and um, our brothers and sisters in Turkey. And, and God, I just admit and uh, repent of the places in my own heart and life where I've held on to things that I could have surrendered to you earlier. And I just ask that you would um, just increase my faith, increase my faith and my love for you, that I could surrender those things willingly and um, that when trials do come or storms do happen, God, that um, I would respond with faith and with um, just an openness to hearing your voice and to following your spirit. Yeah, Father, may we, like the disciples, just stand in awe and wonder about who you are um, as we move 
further and deeper into your presence, into who you are, Lord, through this life, and uh, that you would continue just to increase our understanding, our faith, Lord, that we would have the, the, the confidence in your sovereignty, in your authority, that we could just be bold and, and share you with others just out of, out of love for you and uh, just out of faith of, of how we've experienced and encountered you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you that you're with us in the boat, that you are calm, that you are sovereign, that you're all powerful, and that you love us so deeply. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, that we can come to you even when we fail, as we often will. God, you are just there. You're always there for us, and we thank you that you've given us your guide, um, your presence. Jesus, we just praise you for, for who you are and your personal love that you offer to each of us freely. Father, I thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters here. We commit our ways to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody, for visiting from all around the world. Um, give your greeting to Ontario and others listening. And we just say goodbye, and thank you so much. Thanks. thanks for having us. Everybody, everybody. Peace.